0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to my podcast, Leaving Religion and Those We Leave Behind. I am Amanda Joy Loveland, and I have been feeling for a while to start trying to attempt to record these via video instead of just the audio. So we are both, we're multitasking today and seeing how how this works. But it has been a minute since I've recorded, and I have been sitting with a topic that continues to come in. And like all of us, I have continued to, I'm moving through my journey and progressing and evolving and continually trying to master what I know. And one of the things that I continue to learn and realize is that each time I feel like I have understood something and feel like I've mastered something, something will shift. And Mastery, self-mastery is a continual process, and this brings up some interesting pieces around Jesus and around the Christ consciousness embodiment. And one of the realizations that hit me pretty hard, I teach a lot about the triangle of, of disempowerment, and if you're not familiar with it, we're going to just do kind of a quick little summary of what the triangle is. The triangle has three main roles. You have the victim, you have the persecutor or the bully, and then you have the hero or the rescuer. And we, in life, we choose to play out each role many different in many different ways. We've all played them. And they all serve a purpose, but the reason why it's called the triangle of disempowerment is because it is a disempowered state. It is not a place of empowerment in fact, usually when we get into the triangle, not usually it's it, this is what happens you get into the triangle and you are whipped into this swirling energy you get pulled around and moved around and get caught up in the chaos of what is being happened what is happening to you or what you are creating. And as I was sitting with some, some different pieces and actually talking to a friend of mine, it hit me really hard that it's really ironic that Christianity actually throws us in the triangle. And we get thrown in the triangle as a victim. We're born as a sinner. We are natural. The man is a, as a sinner and we need to be rescued by Jesus, the atonement. He suffered for our sins. He died upon the cross. So here's the rescuer, the hero. And who's the antagonist? Who's the persecutor? The devil, Satan. And so it's really interesting that we instantly get thrown into the triangle. And the triangle of disempowerment. We are in a disempowered state the minute we're born into or the minute we choose into Christianity, especially Christianity. Um, we could argue or we could have a conversation about how the parallels with different religions also mirror the mirror this. But for right now, I want to focus on Christianity. And it's really interesting that we would choose into this. And as I was, Spending time with this dynamic and how valuable and important the triangle of disempowerment has been in my life of understanding where I played out these roles and what I'm gaining from them. And then in teaching them, it's, it's usually a pretty profound experience for people. In fact, I, I often will do this in my retreats and in my relationship course. I have a whole um, module that's all around the triangle and, and recognizing how we've chosen to play a, a part and why we've chosen to play those parts. So the question is: Is why have we chosen to play into the parts with Christianity and with Jesus as the rescuer hero, and us as the victim? You know, in the victim roles, we often play out the victims for many reasons, and. And we have all encountered someone that is a perpetual victim. They're the ones that have a hard time making choices. They're often very helpless and they they have a hard time making um, decisions for themselves. They're, they feel very, very disempowered. And life is just always kind of, you know, pounding at them. Well, when we're the victim, what do we gain from it? We gain the aspects of not having to make choices, of not having to be accountable. It's its often easier actually to follow someone else and do what they're doing or follow their guidance, their wisdom, their whatever, and be faultless because we're following someone else. And for a time, we did choose that. We chose into choosing a construct and following prophets, God, Jesus, different leaders, because in some ways, it's easier to follow someone else's voice instead of really listening to our own until that starts waking up within us. And so there's that beauty of being taken care of and having, in a sense, a nourishment and that place of feeling like you're receiving something. And for that, there's gifts. There's gifts until we choose to step out of it. And there's also a fourth state that is um, discussed in the, oh man, now I'm forgetting it, but there's, it's more of a rectangle instead of a triangle, but it is a fourth state of being, they're the avoidant. They're the ones that put the head in the, the sand and and are like the ostrich who there's all these, you know, creatures or these you know, whatever, trying to stampede, and the ostrich will stop and put its head in the sand and pretend like nothing's happening. Meanwhile, it gets totally trampled and and killed. And we also know those people that are avoidant. And we experience that actually within the religion and when we step out of religion. And we most likely have been that person as well. And when we choose to step out of religion and when we choose to step out of this tradition that we have bought into for a long time, it's interesting that often we still choose to play out the roles in the triangle. And we'll move from the victim or we'll actually stay in the victim because now the the church, we replace Jesus with the church of being the persecutor. You lied to me um, or somebody else that has had these issues. And we continue to play out the drama and the drama dynamics or the triangle of disempowerment. And when we start to recognize, holy crap, I'm playing out these dynamics we get then to be and have more of a conscious choice. Do I wanna continue choosing this dynamic? Do I wanna continue being in a disempowered state? Or can I take a second? Can I pause, recognize that I'm playing out this dynamic and make a different choice? Make a different choice of seeing why am I choosing this? Why am I being the victim in this? Is it easier to put blame on someone else instead of really truly taking accountability for my own choices and my own actions in this life? Is it easier to put the blame on someone else? Nine times out of 10, yes, it is. The hardest work we will ever do in our journeys is that self-reflection and putting it back on ourselves every single time something happens. I don't care what it is. That is the hardest reflection and questions we will ever ask is how am I creating this? How am I creating this dynamic? And so being more empowered And choosing to step out of this dynamic allows for us to have more of a a conscious choice instead of just being whirled and whipped around by what is happening in life and being a lot more of a conscious creator and being more awake. Because the truth is stepping out of religion, in my opinion, is asking to wake up more and more to all of the abilities and capabilities that you, you possess. And this leads to an interesting conversation around Jesus, and um, I'm going to post his podcast. My friend Hugh, who has been on this podcast a few times, just recently released a conversation that he had with someone around Christ consciousness as well that brings up some really interesting points and some things that um, parallel what I have had on my mind as well. So I'll link to his podcast as well so you can listen there and get some really beautiful insight. But Jesus and the Christ consciousness that has been available for all of us to step into is possibly something that I believe Joseph Smith was actually asking and understanding that he could lean into. Did you know that Joseph Smith actually had mummies? He had three mummies, three or four, that is something that's not talked about amongst the Mormon community, but I I know for a fact that he had mummies. Um, some of them were I at least one of them was from Egypt and two I believe were from I'm trying to remember where um like I don't know if it was Pakistan somewhere somewhere in the Middle East it wasn't Egypt. And he he had a fascination with learning of the old cultures and and I believe it was Hiram it was one of his relatives that had a library that had old texts and they these would be the the texts that we would ourselves this day would want to relish and learn from and probably learn from the Essenes if you know anything about the Essenes I believe that Joseph Smith was reading and learning about the old cultures and about the wisdom seekers and the wisdom teachers and how to possess and have these capabilities that Jesus had is it possible that that is what he was doing? That is what he was learning through his own journey, just like much of us are also going on, and received these different things that he encountered. And I believe that it's possible that the stories that we have been taught as far as Joseph Smith and what he created have been tainted and this is something that i would encourage you if you want to go and do your own research but just for the sake of this conversation if it's po- it's possible that he was doing similar things that we're doing he's trying to access his christ consciousness all of what he was you know available to of understanding how to receive consciousness and activate the christ consciousness within the physical body because in my opinion the physical body is the key and, as he was doing this, things got a little as- askew. And, as we all know, he was later killed for, you know, dive into that story as well, as you will. And I would question I would question pretty much anything we've ever been taught and and maybe have eyes of curiosity of what could have happened. And here's someone that if he was wanting and felt like he was discovering how to possess and to embody Christ consciousness, is it possible that he would want to create some sort of a mystery school? If you watched the documentary um, Murder Amongst the Mormons, it's really fascinating that in those letters, while um, the church debunked those, um, again, I would question anything, but in those letters, it said he followed a white salamander. If you do any research around mystics and magis and actually the Wiccan culture, the white salamander isn't always necessarily a positive thing. So it's interesting just to start seeing that in those letters and what was discovered It's possible that Joseph Smith was a magi. He was someone that was trying to understand um, more to the realms that we have access to. And again, in how to embody it all. So if you start taking away some of the cynicism or some of the anger or some of the things that we have been taught and actually start to question what we have been taught and ask what is what is the truth here? Jesus was born as a man into, well, as a human, not a man, a human into a life that had adversity, that had trials. And he had to also learn how to embody and become Christed in form. I believe that when he went to the 40, you know, 40 days and 40 nights, that that is actually when he had more knowledge and more access and had that activation within his cells of being Christed. But he had to go through the polarity of knowing all things. So knowing what he was not so that he would know who he is. I believe that that is what part of why we chose to incarnate in this human form is to learn through the somatics, to learn through the emotional body, the physical body, the great depth of learning that hits ourselves so deeply that even me speaking to this and sharing what I am learning and what I'm coming to understand, you will not know truth for you until you go through that physical knowing that burning inside of knowing that this is your truth. And I believe that that is so that is, this is the gift of the human form, our body. We chose into this physical body to have these experiences, not to transcend them, Ascension is going further within, not at, not without. Now, some people believe that when we have come to learn what we want, need to learn in this realm, we'll move to different places. And that again is something that as you're going along your spiritual quest for knowledge that you can make your own Decision with that. I believe very strongly that there is a reason that every single one of us chose to be a human in form in this time and on this earth now. And I believe it's to really fully embody the wholeness of all that we are. And in order to embody the fullness of all that we are, we need to understand that we actually are all the things that we despise. And this is probably one of the hardest truths to really understand. Without the shadow, we cannot know the light. And I know that I've said this before in other podcasts and other episodes, but there's so much truth and wisdom in this that I cannot stress it enough. That thing that you despise in another, those pieces where we have been hurt by others, there is something there that we also possess or we would not even attract that thing in the first place. So while we are dancing in this life of duality, of polarity, of understanding who we are and what we're not and wanting ultimately to activate the Christ codes, the, the activation of what we're capable of that lives literally re- resides within ourselves. And we're trying to mentally process this and figure it out. Is it possible that it's not the doing, it's the being The being meaning sitting in the the truth of who you are and not feeling powerless in a society that has created a culture of disempowering every single one of us. When we are in a disempowered state, we are a lot easier to control. We become sheep instead of the lion. And... Did we choose into all of that? Did we choose into all of this so that we would know what it was like to be a follower so that we could also know that we didn't want to be a follower and we want to be a leader? We want to be a leader within our own thoughts and our own knowing and our own being and our own intuition and our God selves. To me, the answer is absolutely yes, we did. So to know what we are not or what we are, we need to know what we're not. We possess the capabilities of being Satan. Of having that devil aspect within us, the shadow realms reside within every single one of us. What are your kinks? What turns you on? One of the coolest books is called The Existential Kink that I will also link below in the show notes, but it is a really cool and fascinating book. We all have kinks that we ignore, these parts of us that turn us on in life that we try to suppress and we try to put off to the side instead of really embracing that this is who we are. When we do that, when we ignore these parts, we are are so taught in this religious culture to deny our pleasures in life. And yet, did we not choose to experience pleasure through the physical body and choose to have a human body? Absolutely, we did. The orgasmic state, when we hit the orgasmic state, it connects us closer with God than in any other state that we can be in. In Egyptian cultures, they talk heavily about raising the kundalini energy, which is symbolized as the two serpents, a black and a gold serpent that move up the spine, that as you're building this chi, that you're building this and moving this energy up the shishunna, up the central column. And ultimately, moving up through the, you'll see cobras often depicted throughout Egyptian culture in many, many forms. It represents this kunalini, this raising of the jeed that it then excretes this fluid in the brain, literal fluid in the brain. What does it do? Why would our body and our energetic body be, have that ability within it? I believe very strongly it's to activate parts of us that we have access to. And again, we have bought into a culture where it has dimmed us down and suppressed us because if we knew what we really were and what we're fully capable of, then there would be no need for religion because we would know all that we are. And again, I don't, You know, when we talk about how we have been in this disempowered state and we've chosen into it, sometimes that will create a lot of um, need for people to rile up and to speak truth and to try and, you know, preach to someone else, you shouldn't be choosing this and this is why. And that is such a disservice to yourself because it is unneeded energy, And instead, embracing and understanding that everyone is on their own journey and wherever they are, it is exactly perfect. And the biggest gift that I hope that everyone accesses is how to make choices for themselves and regardless of what it looks like. Just knowing that they're listening to their true self, their higher self and their soul. And this is what they want. Whether it's within religion, whether it's choosing whatever it is in life. And the other thing that I would I wanted to speak to on this and I understand that if you have been following my podcast this may be a little bit of a deep dive into some spiritual truths that I hold and that's okay. I I don't want to if this is kind of over your head that's okay too. Just know that this is a little bit of a dipping your toe into the water and just allow it to just move through. And if you're open and wanting to understand more of the mysteries that we possess and that are, are capable and accessible for all of us, be open to having more information and more knowledge and more understanding to come through and come in in many sources, not not just through here. But as we're moving through through life, we always get to listen to our our personal indicator, what feels true for us. And one of the things that I am leaning into, I just got back from this unbelievable trip in Croatia and Slovenia. And it was, I've been, I've lived in Europe um, many, many years ago, and I've been to Europe many times, but it's been years. And at first, this trip, when it came up with my girlfriends that I should come, um, it was a no just because of logistics and some different things. And um, maybe six weeks ago, I kept waking up that I was supposed to go. I was supposed to be there. So we made it happen. And I went and it was a, I'm still unpacking and still integrating the pieces that um, spoke deeply to my soul. And I feel like we've all had those experiences where it's difficult to put into words, um, learning, understanding experiences that we've had. And this would be one of those but as we were deep diving and and going on this group experience to these different parts of of Europe that are so deep and rich with culture and history and and reverence for life that doesn't seem it is not held in in America and it's always been a fascinating thing and something i witnessed when i was young i lived in Europe when i was 21 years old and i understood it then but revisiting it now, especially with being a lot older and understanding how fast-paced we are as humans normally and trying to go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and trying to understand the thing, after you know, one after another, trying to master whatever it is we're trying to master, trying to be better. And, I, and it is a beautiful thing that we possess that it's our ego that really drives us to, to having more. And I believe this is also part of our natural soul's evolution. We are desiring to experience more and to experience more ultimately of who we are. But one of the deep reminders that as I was relishing and immersing myself deep in this culture and connecting and feeling like I was making love with the land of just connecting on such a deep soul level with the land, it was such a deep call and a remembering of slowing down slow down, embrace life, drink up of the beauty that is in the experiences of everything that we're wanting to have, knowing that we are the creators of a reality, that there's always enough time, that when we slow down and we allow ourselves to luxuriate in each moment, even when it's messy, even when there's pain, of allowing for ourselves to let go of the attachment to what this must mean and instead understand that this is an experience that you're choosing to have, that we're choosing to have, whatever it may be, and and recognizing that this is a part of the life that we chose into with all the experiences, with all the variations that, that we get to have. And one of the pieces with this is how much we, how much I, I'm just going to speak to me for a minute, but I know this will resonate. How often I do not follow my bliss. How often I check in and I think, okay, I'm checking in with my soul, my higher self, what gets to be created. But do I ask that question and what feels blissful for me to create today? What enlivens my soul today, my heart and my soul? What feels fun What do I get to luxuriate in today? And do we get to let go of the attachment of what everything, what we have known to be? This is something else that I feel is a process that we are all asking, that we are all asking to unlearn is the old constructs of what things are. And this is connected inside of relationships. It's connected into our attachment with money, into family dynamics, into religion, really into everything. Our attachments to things create a false sense of safety because it's what we've known, it's what we've been taught is safe. And when we step out of that, when we step out of the norm of what has been, it rattles us. You know, we've watched as a society for the last several years, what we have known has been rattled to the depths that none of us could have seen coming. When it has rattled our government systems, the safety around health, the disillusion that has come through media for many, many years, even around money and seeing seeing the deep, deep corruption that it has been in existence for many, many years. And we have been asleep to it. And again, while this has rattled so many of us, it has also awakened so many of us to what is true and what is truth. And what do I get to do today in my life for me? How can I follow my bliss? How can I create a life of abundance? How can I create a life that I truly, truly enjoy and want? How can I step out of the constructs that have been taught to me that don't work? And this is an interesting piece and one thing that is very, very difficult to do. And I have been personally, my soul, my experience has been asking to do this inside of relationships. And as I have been diving into my relationship and my relationships, even with my children, my husband, it has, it's unraveling a lot of pieces And one of the things, as I was talking to a friend of mine, especially for us women, ladies, when we hold so tightly onto our men and onto our husbands with this false idea that we can control them, we stifle their energy. We stifle our energy. And it is a disservice that we are doing to both of us, to both parties. And we are creating a codependent relationship. And when you create codependency, you stifle life force. And at the end of the day, we are here to support and grow together as a society, as a species. And when we choose into these beautiful romantic dynamics and relationships, they are our biggest mirror. So when our partners rattle us and when they push us to our core... And when we get upset, we get triggered. Those are the moments that I invite you to take a breath. And this is the hardest work. Our relationships, our romantic relationships, are, it is, oh, it is excruciating. And I know this from firsthand experience. But when we are triggered, I invite you, regardless of whatever it is, I invite you to take a breath. To almost envision you seeing an opportunity to let go of an old construct and an old way of being that's asking to die, let go of a chain, take a breath and ask, why, why is this triggering me? What is the belief that I'm holding about myself that I would create this dynamic inside my relationship? Now, this doesn't go to, I mean, we get to have our boundaries and what we desire within our relationship, but every time there is an opportunity for us to look within of how we're creating the situation, it gives a beautiful opportunity for growth within the relationship and a growth for learning to let go. How can we let go of this illusion that we own another person? Because we don't. And I, frankly, I don't want to. I don't want to own my children. I don't want to own my partner. I don't want to own my friends. And it is so interesting how we try to do that. And for some reason, I believe that there's a deep wound within the feminine energies because we have been so controlled by the patriarch for so long that we have then created this kind of back doorway of how to ensnare men and how to ensnare our partners. And this could be same-sex marriages too, regardless of what it is. If you carry more of that feminine energy and... And your partner's more the masculine energy, it's possible that you will you carry this wound, this old in-depth wound of wanting to ensnare and hook them in. How can I control them? Because it creates a false sense of power within me. And again, there's no growth here. It's stifling energy and it's something that's asking to die. And so I would, I would invite you just to sit with that. And are you carrying that? Because I would. And I spoke to a friend of mine not too long ago about this. It was a deep realization that I had that was really difficult to sit with and let go of. I felt it in the depths of my, my belly and actually my sacral chakra, which is our, our, our seat of sexuality and creativity. It was held there in that womb space of like holding on so tightly to our partner, to my partner that it was, it was painful to let go of. How can I let go so that I can allow him to be him, regardless of what that looks like? So with religion, with constructs, with the spiritual growth that you're seeking to have, I invite you to take more ownership with how you're choosing to engage life in every facet. And just asking the question, how can I be more empowered and more of a co-creator and a conscious creator in my life, letting go that I am a victim to life and instead understanding and stepping out of the triangle of disempowerment and understanding that you are a beautiful creator in your life. And as we move through these different processes, and again, I would invite you to go listen to Hugh Vale's podcast. They speak a little bit to um, the nervous system with Christ consciousness and uh, feeling disempowered and the attachment pieces that I think are very, very helpful. So I'd invite you to go listen over to that podcast. But again, everything that you have experienced in life, my friends, has been for your good. It has been part of your soul's evolution of understanding what life is and who you are ultimately as a creator. And you are more than this human body, but you chose into this physical body for a reason. And we get to understand and learn how to have Christ consciousness in form. And my biggest thing that I am understanding more and more and more and more is it's not about the doing. It's about the being. So how can you be today? In this space of understanding that you are all things, the good, the bad, the light, the dark, the evil, the God-like attributes, you are the ultimate creator and you are learning how to be God and Christed in form. These things can you do and then some is what Christ taught. He was not meant to be put on a pedestal. He was meant to be understood as a, for, a forerunner. One of the things that I have learned and understood deeply in my life is that there are some of us and some people who have gone before us to make the path easier for us to get to that thing. And um, I actually was having, I was laughing with a friend of mine in a conversation. She was feeling a little, had a human moment of feeling frustrated that I was learning something, a, a concept Pretty quickly and easy, and pretty quickly compared to what she felt like she went through. And I said to her, Well, it's because of what you went through that makes it easier now and quicker now for me to move through it. And I feel like that is what these beautiful beings that have come before us, like Christ, like Buddha, um, like so many that have come before us, that have embodied these aspects that we're asking to embody. And then some, it is in the being, not the doing. How can you be in the being and understand who you are and then take action from that space? Wherever you are today, sending you so much love. And again, I know that this is a little bit of a deeper dive than some of the conversations that I have had, but it felt, I felt very deeply that I, it's been several weeks since I've released a podcast and this is what wanted to be spoken to. We are in a part of our soul's evolution. We are asking to go deeper and to go quicker. And to understand all of who and what we are. If you haven't picked up my book and you're needing assistance of how to move through and untangle and unwind these constructs that are so deeply entrenched, I have both written a book that's a guidebook. I'll link it down below. That's titled Leaving Religion and Those We Leave Behind. And I also have a really, really beautiful four-part series that's more of like a um, an online course that you can take at your leisure that was deeply inspired with how to assist you in uncoupling and unwinding and removing the binds that you chose into within religion. When we remove those binds, it allows for us to see even clearer and we can see the beauty in those pieces. So I'd invite you to head over to my website, amandajoyloveland.com forward slash leaving religion tools to go pick that up today. And, um, as I'm saying this, I'd love to offer a discount code, just type in leaving religion podcast, and you will get 10% off of the leaving religion tools. My book is, is inexpensive. It's not very expensive. Um, as I wanted it accessible to everyone. So that is a really beautiful tool as well. If you have any desires of your heart of wanting to come on and have a conversation about spirituality, have a conversation about those pieces that you were struggling with, I had someone reach out to me uh, wanting to have further insight around Joseph Smith and having a conversation around that. Great. Reach out to me. Let's have a, let's have you on the podcast. Let's have those conversations. Let's have these discussions. You guys, nobody has it figured out. Not one of us. I don't care who they are. Even Jesus, he was still moving through the emotions. He had relationships. He had sex. He had human experiences. He experienced all the parts of being human. And while he may have had peace and those moments of being Christed, there's no doubt in my mind that he went through his dark nights of the soul. He went through places of doubt, of wondering, of of speculation, of, do I really want to do this? Of those moments of fear, but he leaned in and moved through. So nobody has it figured out. And if you are following someone that you think that they do, I guarantee that they don't, you guys. So again, this is an invitation that if you're feeling like like you want to have a conversation around something, reach out. Let's have a conversation. Let's open this up to really discussing what is deeply held on your heart and how can you move through it. Let's chat. Uh, Message me through my social media platforms or you can email me. I'll put my email in the show notes as well as always sending you so much love i'm really excited in a week and a half i have an embody experience that i get to facilitate down in springdale utah and i will be having another retreat experience coming up in march i'm not sure what it is yet so stay tuned and if you're not subscribed to my email list head over to my website and get subscribed today sending you all so much love